Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Basketball Camp with Rick Camp. Welcome into another edition of Basketball Camp. I am Rick Camp here with you as always. And before I get started with the insane games we had tonight, I want to thank everybody that is still subscribed, still listening uh, after, you know, my hiatus that I've had here. And part of it is due to getting a job at the score again. I'm working part time uh, as a producer, and that's great. But it does take away prep time. It takes away time that would be available to record. But it's still really no excuse for me going as long as I have without a podcast. So thank you again. And I'm going to do my best to be better about giving you podcasts with the same level of content that you've come to expect from me. All right, I want to remind everybody, as always, follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. Email me your thoughts with what you've seen on the playoffs, basketballcamppod at gmail.com. Also, I'm going to be doing a Bulls edition in the not-too-distant future, so if you have Bulls questions as well, send those over on the email. Or, like I said, at Rick C. Camp on Twitter. My DMs are open. You can send them to me that way as well. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That helps me and the podcast out greatly. And check out our sponsor, who you'll hear a little bit about later, Dr. Squatch. Game seven, second round, the Denver Nuggets defeat the LA Clippers 104 to 89. There's a lot of people that know I've been fascinated by the Nuggets for a few years, even to the point of getting made fun of it, but I did not see this happening even after coming back 3-1 in the first round against Utah like I just didn't see this actually being possible and all the credit well there's plenty of of blame to go over the Clippers and we will get to that but man you have to give a ton of credit to what the Nuggets were able to do coming back again from a 3-1 deficit in a series the first team to ever do that twice in a playoff run so let's start out in this 104-89 win just looking at you have to start with Murray and Jokic Nikola Jokic controlled the entire second half of this series. He only had 16 points, 5 of 13 in this game, but his impact was so undeniable. 22 rebounds, 13 assists. He just controlled everything that was going on. And then Jamal Murray was able to pick up more of the scoring load, having 40 in the game. 15 to 26 from the field, 5 dimes, 4 rebounds. And boy, when you talk about just big onions players, he has got to be right up there now. He may not be the top, top level of score or playoff score or whatever, but he has 
definitely asserted himself in that next tier and has truly been fun to watch because as much as at times we worry about how low that floor is for him, especially that we've seen in regular season games, the ceiling he has shown is truly remarkable, especially in this playoffs. And those two guys working together, that two-man game was absolutely sublime. There were moments where I thought maybe more guys should get involved a little bit. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. when he was in should get a little bit more run, but Murray and Jokic were absolutely fantastic, not only in their interactions with each other in pick and roll in terms of dribble handoffs, whatever it ended up being, but also in terms of out of those actions, how they were able to incorporate everybody else. Gary Harris had himself a nice game. He had 14 points. Jeremy Grant had 14 points. And we're going to get to Harris in a little bit because I really just think his impact has been truly incredible. But seeing those two guys work together really made me think about a concept that had been dismissed when thinking about the Clippers for a lot of this year just because of the overwhelming amount of talent they had on their roster. And that's continuity and understanding of each other. When you think about the Nuggets, they're still one of the youngest teams in the NBA. But when we say, yeah, Murray and Jokic and Harris, and even though he wasn't healthy, Will Barton, those guys, it feels like have been around together for quite a while. And seeing how this group was able to respond in the second half of the series to adverse situations was remarkable. Now, it'd be nice if they could do it in the first four games of a series, especially when you have the Lakers on deck. But the different way that Denver plays, having so much of their offense run through Jokic and what everybody else was able to do offensively and defensively has been really, really huge. I brought up Gary Harris and because when we were getting to the bubble and Michael Porter was going off, there were a lot of people, myself included, that were thinking if there's someone that's going to help raise the ceiling on this Nuggets team it's going to be Michael Porter Jr. And maybe raise the ceiling is a relative term because I don't know how many people still think the Nuggets truly can win the title this year without maybe another step from a guy like Michael Porter Jr. But the guy that has actually filled that role has been Gary Harris getting healthy and not only healthy, but sort of rediscovering his shot. Now, he had found it a little bit towards the end of the season right before the shutdown. But for a vast majority of this season, his shot was awful. It was He was really becoming an offensive liability for the Nuggets. But the fact that he's been able to hit a respectable amount of three-pointers, he's been able to create just that little bit attacking closeouts, and obviously what he's known for, the defense that he plays, has been absolutely critical for this comeback. One thing the Nuggets do lack is a good number of functional two-way players. And Gary Harris has been enough of an offensive guy to be considered a two-way player to where he can get all the minutes he's been getting, even with not much time before the playoffs. Because when you think of Torrey Craig, really good defender, the shot is not consistent. Michael Porter Jr., the shot is great, but the defense has been pretty brutal until the last couple games. Will Barton is really the other two-way guy, and he obviously hasn't played yet in the playoffs at all. So being able to just have one of those guys in terms of Gary Harris 
just makes such a huge difference, especially in the playoffs when you're not using quite as many players. And actually, another thing that I thought of before I forget, in regard to the continuity when you're talking about Denver, and obviously Gary Harris being back plays into this as well, is it's continuity versus a team. I don't want to say want to say a team of mercenaries necessarily because it's multi-year deals for everybody, but it was their first year together and they were really poo-pooing continuity as a thing until after the game yesterday when Lou Williams said, yeah, we were kind of fighting chemistry all season long because either Paul George was out or Kawhi was resting or in terms of the bubble, Montrezl Harrell was out for all of the seeding games and Lou Williams had to leave the bubble for a little bit. So it's just fascinating once in a while to see the team that maybe doesn't have the most talent, but has that continuity, has that understanding of each other, get a win. And honestly, Nikola Jokic was the best player in this series, at least in the back half of it. And there's a lot, really a lot that I feel like the Clippers could have done, even for being a team that hasn't necessarily relied as much on X's and O's and scheme and that. There's a lot that they could have done to make their lives easier in getting the 3-1 lead and in terms of finishing off the Nuggets. In terms of the head coaches in this series, Mike Malone and Doc Rivers, neither are exactly known for being the best tacticians in the world, but man, Mike Malone absolutely ran circles around Doc Rivers in this series. And the thing is, he didn't even really have to do that much. It's just so much of the lack of adjustments from Doc Rivers. I mean, Denver, at least when Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell were out there, they were just merciless in their attacking of the weak defenders on the Clippers, trying to find easy buckets, even if it wasn't necessarily within the flow of what their offense usually is. And it really, even before game seven, led a lot of people to think maybe Montrez Harrell just cannot be played in this specific scenario in this series, even though he was the sixth man of the year because he's out of shape, which it's hard to blame him considering he was out for all the seeding games and it's you know hard-ish to stay in shape with the pandemic. So a lot of people wanted them to go small and quite frankly, I wanted them to go smaller too or play Zubats just a little bit more in game seven. But then you look at the minutes and Montrez Harrell, 26 minutes, Evita Zubats, 14 minutes, small ball lineups, eight minutes. So what was Doc really doing? I understand you have your guys and to a point you have to roll with your guys. I get that. But to do that and just spite everything else doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I should say, of course, and this this is the lead for most everybody else, that Kawhi and Paul George sucked in this game. They combined to be 10 of 38 from the field for 24 points. 24 points combined from your two best players. And you could tell late in the third quarter when Denver started to actually stretch a lead out to double digits that Kawhi and Paul George, and especially Paul George, were pressing. Paul George having a three-pointer go off the side of the backboard. I mean, that never happens for him. So in that regard, I don't know what else Doc could do, but still, there was plenty that can happen, and we'll get to bigger picture Paul George, Kawhi Leonard for sure. But with Doc... 
just use those small ball lineups. Look at the opponent and realize, hey, Nikola Jokic is out there. He has really struggled when he's put into space and has to defend in space. So why not go with a small ball lineup of either Pat Bev or Lou Williams at the point with Paul George, with Kawhi, and then Marcus Morris and Jamichael Green? That way, whichever one of those two bigs or bigger guys that Jokic is on, he has to get out of his comfort zone defensively and open up the lane for Kawhi to drive, for Lou Williams to drive. Those types of things should have happened more, but they didn't. And the lack of adjustments, even with your back against the wall in Game 7, makes absolutely no sense to me. The other one, too, is Michael Porter Jr., Especially in the Utah series, Utah kept going after Porter and going after Porter and going after Porter. Every single possession when he was in the game, no matter who was the lead guard at that point, if it was Mitchell, if it was Conley, if it was Clarkson, whoever, they were always attacking Michael Porter Jr. And I think his defense improved a bit in over the course of the first round and into the second round, but not to the point where he shouldn't be targeted especially when you consider some of the guys on that second unit, like a Torrey Craig, much more of a defender than an offensive guy. Mason Plumlee, more of a defensive guy than an offensive guy. He's at least a big that can move his feet a little bit. And oh, by the way, how Harrell was getting all those minutes, and obviously Harrell's a much better player than Mason Plumlee. Jokic was on the floor for 40 minutes, and there were only eight minutes of Mason Plumlee in this entire game. So I just don't understand what Doc Rivers was doing. Another thing that he had to deal with, Landry Shamit got hurt in the first half and wasn't able to come back into the game. So you do have to adjust. But in the second half, when Patrick Beverly comes out, the initial thought is run Reggie Jackson out there, not extend Lou Williams a little bit. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. Reggie Jackson predictably has a couple bad shots and he is not in the game very long but it's just another opportunity for Doc Rivers to make some sort of adjustment who knows if it would have made a huge difference in the game but putting Reggie Jackson out there just losing a minute here and there the way they did especially throughout these second halves it all counts against you in the end I mean Montrez Harrell was an abomination if you look at plus minus over the course of that series he was awful and getting exploited at every opportunity and that's because the nuggets know how they do what they do and they were able to do that all right let's get back to the individuals Kawhi, paul george and kind of what the future is now for the clippers with some of the guys on their roster old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. So in the series... PG and Kawhi combined for 45 points a game, which, I mean, if you're going to be frank and build this entire thing around them, they need to score more. They combined for about 44% shooting from the field, which is on par for what Paul George does. It's a little, it's about 3% lower than what Kawhi normally does uh, throughout the regular season. And let's not mince words on this either. This is a stain on the resume of Kawhi Leonard. This is his 2011 finals against the Mavericks for LeBron. It's a really bad look when you consider everything that was going into this series and what the next series would have brought. And for Paul George, I don't know how much of a legacy you can truly have when, let's be honest, you haven't really done it much. Obviously, early in Indiana, he was giving LeBron teams a little bit of a hard time getting that conference finals. But after that, what has Paul George done in the playoffs to even have much of a resume? The thing is, it's just nobody else picked up the slack either. And that was part of the thought process with this whole team was, boy, it's so deep. You have so many different people that can contribute in different ways that even if Paul George has a bad series like he did against Dallas, or if Kawhi Leonard has a bad game here or there, someone should be available to pick up the slack. And specifically in the second halves of these last three games, nobody has. We've talked about Montrezl Harrell. Lou Williams hasn't had the best series for him. Landry Shamit got hurt. He wasn't playing that well anyway. Then you look at a guy like Marcus Morris, who would hit a shot here and there, but he was just, he wasn't as impactful, I think, as the Clippers had hoped. And I think the best clipper in game seven was Jermichael Green, who only got eight minutes at center because Montrezl Harrell was on the court so much and Avica Zubats only had 14 minutes. So as I look forward to what this Clippers thing is next year, because remember, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they can both opt out of those deals after next season. They're part of the reason, even though I still think it's highly unlikely they leave, The 2021 free agent class is considered as rich as it is in the top end talent. To me, the most fascinating case is Montrez Harrell, because I think he lost himself a good amount of money in this playoffs, whether it's truly fair or not, because of him clearly being overweight, coming back to the bubble late, 
and not getting his feet wet like everybody else did. Then you have a guy like Marcus Morris, who you would think they're committed to re-signing if for no other reason than they traded a first-round pick to get him this year. Part of the reason they structured the trade with Oklahoma City the way they did in terms of which picks were sent was so they would still have their 2020 first-round pick to trade at the deadline to shore up the roster. They used it on Marcus Morris. So you would imagine moving forward, he is still going to be there for better or worse because he seems to bring some of the edge that team might lack a little bit outside of a guy like Patrick Beverly. But you have to wonder about the effectiveness overall. And then if someone is let go, if they let Montrez Harrell walks and he still gets a decent offer from someone, how are you able to replace him? At that point, do you just commit to going small ball on your second unit with maybe Jermichael Green and whoever else is still on that second unit? Maybe you stagger a little bit so Morris is in there when Green is in there at center, so you still have some height on your back line. That's going to be fascinating with not many ways to improve the roster. So I don't want to make this sound like doomsday or anything for the Clippers because even with minimal changes really as is they're going to be one of the best teams in the Western conference next year, as far as it looks right now, but still there are more questions going into this off season surrounding the LA Clippers than we thought there were going to be at some point, And I am as guilty of this as anybody. I picked the Clippers to win the title and felt strongly about it. Even through the first round that even though the Clippers had not shown us, I felt like the Clippers could put it together just long enough to where they could make up for all the moments where they look like they didn't care. And that's the thing that's so frustrating is almost like you think of the Warriors, especially when they had Kevin Durant, they looked not interested for a long stretch of time in pretty much every single game, but boy, they could just turn it on like that for a few minutes. And all of a sudden it's a plus 12 plus 15 run and the game is out of hand and there were moments where the Clippers could do that too they just had so much wiggle room to still be able to win to still get to the Western Conference Finals and have the all LA matchup that a lot of people wanted and they used up every bit of that wiggle room and then when it finally got down to nut cutting time they wilted that's what's so frustrating about watching this Clippers team And that's why I give so much credit to the Nuggets for being in that position for so many games already in this playoffs and responding. Obviously, the Lakers are a totally different animal next series. I don't like the matchup for the Nuggets much at all, but it's hard to dismiss them completely. And in the coming podcast, we'll talk about specifics with those with that series. But for now, man, that was a fun series frustrating at times as you watch it from one perspective and then maybe not quite awe-inspiring but really fun to watch from the other i want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor over at dr squatch go to drsquatch.com to check out their premium level bar soaps. I've never been a big bar soap guy, but when I started using Dr. Squatch, I was amazed. The worst part about bar soaps is the film that's always on there and it makes you feel gross even after you've already showered. But with 
your Dr. Squatch soaps, there's absolutely no film, which is awesome. And it's such a big variety of scents that they have. I use the Cool Fresh Aloe as my first bar I tried. Real strong, fresh scent. I love it. Currently, I'm going with a little bit more of a subtle scent, the Eucalyptus Greek Yogurt, which also exfoliates, which is something that I didn't even know what exfoliating was until I started using this soap and it works out really well. So go to drsquatch.com, use promo code RICKCAMP, R-I-C-K-C-A-M-P with no spaces for 20% off your order. And when you get the soap, here's the pro tip, get the soap saver. It's the little piece of wood that you put your soap on so that way it's not deteriorating when just sitting on the edge of your tub. It really makes a huge difference. I'm excited for my next scent that I have. It's the cedar citrus. So you get a little bit of the woodsy, you get that citrus and it's really great. My partner on the I'm Fat podcast, Jay Zawoski, loves the hair care set. So give that a look as well. And also the toothpaste. They got two toothpaste, one for the morning, one at night, because of course you should be brushing your teeth when you wake up and before you go to bed. Take the Squatch quiz at drsquatch.com. If you're not sure what scents are right for you, it takes two minutes. It's really helpful. Do that. And when you order, use promo code RICKCAMP at drsquatch.com. Now, before I get out of here, I do want to touch on game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, which was yesterday as well. For those keeping score at home, I'm recording late Wednesday morning. In overtime, Miami beat the Celtics 117 to 104. And it was a game where it felt like the Celtics were there the entire time. It felt like the Celtics were just kind of on the verge of pushing a lead out. And then it just wouldn't happen and Miami would swing back and take the lead for a while. But Boston didn't seem like it could close as good of a game as Jason Tatum had. But Jimmy Butler was not good for a lot of the game, honestly, at least offensively. But then down the stretch, hitting a three in the corner, just two game winners at the end of regulation and then in overtime as well. Jimmy Butler came up huge when he needed to. Now, at the end of regulation, that three-pointer that Butler hit giving Miami the one-point lead, you had the really unfortunate call of Derrick Jones Jr. trying to follow his guy cutting across the lane, and Marcus Smart acts like he got run over by Derrick Jones, who had pulled up right in front of Smart, and it was frustrating that Marcus Smart got that call because it ends up tying the game, sending the game to overtime. Miami ends up winning on another Jimmy Butler game-winning bucket. But then the play of the game on the defensive end has to be what I'm saying is the best playoff block since LeBron James's chase down against the Warriors in the 2016 finals. Jason Tatum, as time is running down, goes up for a monster dunk and Bam Adebayo jumps after Tatum somehow times it perfectly enough to where even with Tatum trying to throw it down and bending Adebayo's hand back into the cylinder to where, in theory, could have been pinned against the rim and done some real damage, Adebayo has the strength to block the shot and use his strength to force that ball out of the cylinder and give him back that leverage was just incredible. So that is going to be, I'm expecting just a real grimy grind out six seven game series that i'm here for there are guys that can hit some shots tyler hero stepped up big time playing like 40 minutes 
because Duncan Robinson was in foul trouble the entire game and hitting some big-time shots and big-time moments. I just like his game. I like the fact that he has no Fs to give about your moment. And if he has the shot, and if it makes sense to take it, he's going to take it. So I'm just really excited about this series, and I'm really excited to get to talk to you again. I know it's been a minute, but be on the lookout. Going to have podcasts more frequently. These games are coming real quick, and now, thankfully, a little bit. We've got a couple days off before Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is Thursday, and Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals, which is Friday. So enjoy your ability to, to take a breath here for a second. But especially just enjoy the high quality basketball that we're seeing because man, these playoffs have been fun and I'm expecting they're going to continue that way. I know it's going to be competitive out east. I hope it's competitive out west and it seems like some of the offseason stuff is starting to come into a little bit of focus as well. The draft just got locked in for November 18th, which is a good sign because it had been tentatively that date before. Just a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and check out our sponsor, Dr. Squatch. Remember, the promo code is RICKCAMP for 20% off on your order. Until next time, I am Rick Camp, and this is Basketball Camp. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.